0: Well, thank you, worship team. Great songs this morning, amen? It's a lot of fun. Good morning, everyone. Is that a signal that it's hot in here? Is it hot in here? No. <laughs> what do I do with that? Yes, no. Maybe we need a little cooling over here or something. I don't know. A little bit humid and a wonderful, sunshiny day for Mother's Day. Amen. Yeah. Well, I want to begin uh, this morning by praying for every woman in the room. And uh, because Mother's Day, I always think of that. It's a hard day for some. It's a rejoicing day. Some of you have newbies and uh, very pleased and proud to have them. And, but um, I'm going to ask every female, if you're feeling up to it, if you don't feel up to it, or you, some of you are staring at me like, don't ask me to stand up. I just want to pray over you. Is that okay? Can we do that? Just stand right where you are. Yeah, you don't have to be a mom. You might be a potential. We never know. I just want to pray for you. Let's quiet our hearts before God, the God that we've just been singing about, who is faithful and who is for us. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus, that you don't change. We stumble. We stumble. There's not a person in this room who wouldn't admit, I know I haven't always been faithful. But Lord, you always are. Even when we don't understand you, you're still being true to yourself. So God, today, we stand in your presence, especially all of your daughters here. And we're asking for mercy. I think of so many things on a day like this. And there are times as I read the newspaper, even in the last week, that I'm a little bit ashamed of my gender. Because it shouldn't be like it is, the way we act. And we ask in Jesus' name for the help of your spirit. I pray for those who are here today who are... um, hurting because of missing moms, or missing children, or whatever it might be. And maybe their situation has been one such as I grew up in where uh, the other gift to us, the other side, the other gender, was not a very good gift. We ask for mercy, and we ask for comfort, and we thank you that you're the one who made us so you're the best doctor there is. You're able to go into those broken areas of our soul And bring healing. And we ask for that kind of mercy. We want this place to be a place where healing, in fact, takes place. And we want all your churches to thrive. Where the Spirit can work and renew our faith. Even when we don't get everything we long for, you show yourself to be faithful. And as my brother Mike mentioned a minute ago, to learn how to wait upon you. Would you fill your daughters here with hope? And with faith. And I think of that proverb that um, is in the end of the book that talks about the godly wife who, I love this line, smiles at the future. Oh. Wow. In this day and age, to smile at the future needs grace from you, God. So would you grant that grace, miraculous grace, and enable every one of these women to understand how valued they are because we're all loved by you. But that wonderful role they have, married or unmarried, doesn't matter whether we're single, doesn't matter whether we're physical parents, we're all called to be that feminine influence, the civilizing influence in our culture, I believe. Let it work. Bless them with purity, with dignity, even with their authority in God because they're your children and of inestimable value we rejoice what a good gift you gave us in the gift of gender one gift to the other but we need to see it worked out in a very broken world would you help every one of us here and bless every woman in the room young and old in Jesus name and all of God's people especially the men said amen and amen thank you please be seated Thank you for your patience, and uh, we'll have a few other things to mention at the end of the service. Now, Mike kind of ruined my fun because I was going to say, I've been preaching through the book of Hebrews. If you're a guest, you need to know we're in the series in Hebrews, and um, in Hebrews it talks about angelic beings, and I was going to try to tell you that we came in on Sunday morning and all of a sudden all the seats had moved. We don't know how it happened, but... We're always interested in advancing your sanctification. Okay, so that didn't go over so well, but if you have a Bible and you'd like to follow along so that you know that I'm not making it up, somebody told me, uh, no, one of my elders said they, they did this to keep me from walking up the center aisle. <laughs> now I can get a keyshawn right here, but it's not going to work. I'm still going to walk around, so... Maybe not today. We'll see. Hebrews, that great Mother's Day text. It is. You'll see why as I read it. Hebrews chapter 3, the first six verses. And you'll notice my title today is House Rules with No Asterisk. Be- Thank you. For those of you who don't know, I always asterisk titles that I steal. And uh, they're from somebody else. But this is public domain because it's all over the place. There's a, there's a, a remodeling show from Australia called House Rules. I'm not even talking about that. A long time ago, I did a series on remodeling uh, our makeover. take over our makeover. Anybody remember that? Wow. I got some good Christians in the room. All right. They remember. Today it's talking about house rules, and you've probably seen some signs. I'm going to show you a couple in a couple of minutes. But let's look at chapter 3. If you want to use the black book in front of you, it's page 1197, just in case. And you may want to leave it open because we'll reference this without unpacking the entire portion today. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, holy brethren, That's the old way of talking about men and women who belong to Jesus, okay? Plural, holy brethren. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was in all his house. There you can see where I can... Leverage this for Mother's Day, Father's Day, or almost any other day. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses by just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now, Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confession and the boast of our hope firm until the end. The word of the Lord. Amen, right? House rules. So I'm going to preach this morning like the old Puritans. The old Puritans used to be very straightforward. You weren't allowed to doze on the Puritan preachers. Did you know that? The ushers had an extra assignment during the service. They would walk down the aisle with a long stick and a feather on the end of the stick. Did you know this? <laughs> and when, uh, when our sister, uh, Mrs. Smith, started to do- wake them up, maybe make them sneeze. I'm going to try that. What do you think? Maybe a BB pea, pea shooter or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll be merciful. Puritans preach this way. Here's what the text means. Now let's make application. Instead of trying to be clever like I usually am, although I don't succeed, I try to be clever, weave it all together, say what it says, and then tell you how it applies. So house rules, right? A couple of weeks ago I mentioned that um, uh, in, in uh, my, my message, what, what would you fantasize about? We, one of our favorite vacations we've ever had is going to a lake house. Right, even if you rent it or whatever. Lake house is so fun. So lake houses often have rules. Have you ever seen lake house rules? So I got a sign here, there's one. Lake house rules, play in the water, as if you need somebody to tell you that. But anyway, nap often, oh yeah, baby. Play games, swim, eat ice cream, spend time under the stars, enjoy every moment, soak in the sun, sound good? Oh yeah, see you guys, I gotta go. Uh, Sometimes, the, um, sometimes the, the signs are fun, right? They're fun signs. Uh, like, we stayed in bed and breakfast on occasion, and uh, one sign that I found was very instructive, you know. You, the only way you would see it is when you were in the restroom standing opposite the toilet, and it said, we aim to please. <laughs> you know the next one. You aim to please. Here's the one that we really like. We never really succeeded at this. We keep this in our house right up where everybody can see it, and I'm probably the one that needed the most sanctification in this regard, eventually. I'm sorry, people... Where's... Bob is away, isn't he? Too bad, because he would say, repeat the question, or he would say, this says, thou shalt not whine. It is in the Bible, Hezekiah 3.7. There is no such reference. I just, for those of you who are new at this, I don't want to, I can just see Steve, you'll be like, where is that? Help, help me out. What did I miss? Hesitations, right in front of it. There's another one. I got another house rules. This is a good one. If you open it, close it. If you turn it on, turn it off. Right? All the parents said, yeah. If you unlock it, lock it. If you break it, fix it. If you can't fix it, call someone who can. If you borrow it, return it. If you use it, take care of it. If you make a mess, clean it up. Oh, amen. (laughs) If you break the guy's mirror on the car next to you, leave a note. That's not on there. I made that up right now. What is it, mess? Oh, hey, if you move it, put it back. Don't you love when you... Lo- how did it disappear? Don't No, don't even answer right now. We're just going to have a bunch of fights. You know, what a Mother's Day. Everyone goes home fighting. If it belongs to someone else and you want to use it, get permission. If you don't know how to operate it, leave it alone. <laughs> if it doesn't concern you, don't mess with it. I know I'm t- I'm, I've, I've shared this before. We, my wife and I went to a trip in Japan, right? And at that time in Japan, it was amazing. If you had a, a box, like a package, a present, and you tied a string on that and left it on the busiest corner in Tokyo, nobody would touch it. I don't know if it's still that way, but no one touched it because the string meant it belonged to somebody. So those are good house rules, right? Things like that. So, my wife recently had a terrifying experience. Look, everybody's leaning in now. (laughs) She lives with you. How could she not have a terrifying experience? No, we had friends from another church, my mom's church, ask her to speak. (laughs) Uh, Trust me, it's been a rough few weeks. And uh, she did marvelously. But one of the things she did was she brought a sign that we keep on our wall. It's a house rules sign, and some of you may recognize it. Some of you may even have it. And we really like it. So maybe you've seen this house rules. In this house, we do second chances, we do grace, we do real. Boy, does the church need that desperately. We do real, we do mistakes. I'm great at that. How about you? we do i'm sorry's we do hugs we do family we do love isn't that cool i mean it's simple right it's almost a no-brainer except trying to remember to do it every day that's the hard part i'm going to make it easy for us today the house rules i'm going to talk about are one statement you don't have to have all these long lists how easy can it get worth the price of admission already How much did we get for everybody coming in? No, never mind, nothing. Okay, so I'm going to take this risk of saying what the passage says and then making the appropriate application. If you're a note-taker, I left three blanks for you to fill in, in your bulletin, right there, and I'm going to give them to you up front because I always forget. I always forget to repeat the question. I always forget. So I'm going to make sure I don't forget. I was going to say I forget where I live sometimes. And lately that has been true. Since we moved recently, sometimes I get off the wrong exit on 84. What am I doing? Don't say anything, Gene. He was with me one day. Weren't you supposed to get off? Yeah, I was. So we forget. Here's the words. Consider, faithful, and house. Did you notice in our text, those three words are primary. They kind of glow. They should be highlighted. Consider faithful, and house. Aha, there's the household word, and we're going to get to that. It relates to households, our homes, and broader context. So consider the very first thing that we find here. Brethren, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. Notice him. Think about it. Give attention to it. Consider it. Reflect on Discern, pay careful attention to a person or thing Think about it carefully, understand it We use the word ponder We don't take the energy to do that Do you you remember when I quoted And I'm going to have to let my ADD kick in a little today Just to get through the fatigue factor here But, uh, you know, Mother's Day is a big day And it's been a big weekend Because my wife spoke yesterday All our kids are down here We're having an awesome time and I'm going to bed as soon as I'm done. <laughs> and, uh, but here's, here's what I'm getting at. Remember when um, uh, the book, The Life You've Always Wanted, I've quoted from, what's his name? Or, or, Ortberg. I almost said Orvis. Ortberg said he caught a spiritual guru for some counsel. And he said, tell me what's the best spiritual principle you've got going. And he goes, it's simple. You must remove all hurry from your life what, what do you want to say to that shut up right and the guy says oh, oh that's good he, i mean he's being mr learner here you know i'm a disciple i want to play Ooh, write that down remove all hurry from your life what else there is nothing else what a great answer you must slow down You must get comfortable with your life. You're not called to fix the whole universe. I hate to fill you in. Moms, dads, we think we can fix it. We can't. Slow down. And the idea of pondering, reflecting, you know, we use the word meditation. It gets confused with Eastern, you know, know, that's not what we're talking about. Thinking about, pondering, reflection means I actually had some original thoughts about this on my own. I didn't have to get it from the daily bread. I actually thought about this. But it takes time to do that, to be, now we're paying people to teach us. What's the word now? It's mindfulness, right? We're paying coaches to teach us how to slow down. The Bible's full of this instruction. Just do it. Okay, so I made that sound too easy. Not easy, but something to ponder, (laughs) to think about right? Think about Moses, faithful as the chief steward in his household. Jesus was like him, this text tells us, like Moses, and more so, and we'll unpack that in just a minute. This idea of reflection. There's some famous verses in the book of Hebrews, good memory verses, right? And we'll try to point them out as we go along, throw them out for us, but how did our meeting go yesterday? You're You're looking very intellectual today, uh, Corey. Why don't you stand up? Show off those glasses. I've never seen those glasses. That's awesome. That's the reason? Okay, now you know more about Corey than you needed to know today. Corey, it went well? Did we pick the Hebrews 12 text? Thank goodness. I didn't want to get this wrong. Here's the text that they're using for our trip to Kenya, which, by the way, at the end of the service, we'll explain all that. Okay, so everybody's asking questions. Keep your shirt on. Okay, later. Please keep your shirts on. Anyway, let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. There's the first thought, right? Fixing our eyes. Different words used for pondering or considering, but they're getting the same point across. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself. Consider this guy. Think about this, what he put up with. He made them and they're giving him a hard time. How wrong is that? How do you feel when your kid. You know what I'm saying? Give, you ungrateful little tyke. If you were that nice. Little tyke. That's a quote from Man from Snowy River. Never mind. For uh, consider him who endured all that junk. Why do you consider it? So that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Why do I need to meditate? I I reset, I recalibrate my computer, my, my compass regularly by looking at Jesus and looking at his cross, right? That's why we do communion often. That's all about consider him. Think about that. Ponder it, right? That's what it's talking about. So we're encouraged to do that. Why? So that you may not grow weary and lose heart, because we do. Anybody here ever run out of gas and lose heart? I think one of the best illustrations of that since it is Mother's Day, I think about how many moms right in the middle of the process of giving birth say, I don't want to do this. (laughs) And thank God for the nursing profession, because they always come in and say, you can do this, you're going to be fine. Consider all those women ahead of you who did the same thing. Isn't it true? Because we all get to a point, I can't do this. Before um, Bill Cosby became a bad word, he had a great skit on that. You might remember his mother, the wife stood up in the stirrups and (laughs) let him have it. Don't want to do this. Your fault. Anyway, that kind of thing. We all need encouragement. Consider how to endure like he did. Next word, faithful. Faithful. What is the word faithful about? It means to be trustworthy, faithful. Here's a great word starting to fade in our culture. Dependable. Which car mechanic do you want to go to, right? We've got a couple in the room. They feel singled out here. The one that's dependable. Are you going to tell me you're a car mechanic? Oh, okay, Steve. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, thank you, brother. (laughs) Steve, you always make my day. That's great. Trustworthy, faithful, dependable. Paul is talking about his ministry. You may remember that Paul came under criticism from church people. I'm so thankful that I have never been criticized. since, like, 20 minutes ago. No, you know what I'm saying. Paul, one of the most radical disciples ever to walk the earth. And by the way, would you stop thinking, oh, man, we're all called to be similar. Not, yeah, he's exceptional. He was an exceptional church planner, missionary, and all of that. But sometimes we make these biblical characters like, oh, they walk on water and we don't. Well, we don't, but neither did they. We miss that. Paul is defending his apostleship and he says, look, we may have made a mistake here or there, but what God calls us to is faithfulness. And here's the words he puts on, uh, on the um, in the scripture in Corinthians. In this case, moreover, about ministry, if you're a sent one, if you're an apostle, if you're a pastor, if you're a minister of some sort, your job as a steward is to be found trustworthy, dependable. That's the uh, New American Standard, which, of course, is the inspired version. But um, that was a joke. We don't think anyone is better than the other. The NIV puts it another way. Let me show it to you. Now, it's required that those, get this, who have been given a trust, a trust, must prove faithful, dependable. A trust. So what did this text say that we just read through. It said Moses was faithful as a steward in all of his house. The language that is used often, and we're going to come back to the word house in a few minutes because it does give us insight as to what all this is about. Moses' house wasn't just his family, When it says the house of God, he was faithful over the house of God. It doesn't mean the tent of tabernacle where the Jews worship. The house of Moses was the entire family. Everyone, a million and a half people coming out of Egypt. That was his house. That was his household. We're going to unpack that in a second. But he was faithful in that. How was he faithful? Everything God told him to do, he did. Right? He blew a couple of things. Did you notice he blew a couple of things? I'm, I'm in numbers right now, my own personal reading. I just got to the bad news for Moses. The good news was when everybody ganged up on him and God made the earth swallow them up. And it was like, dude, see that? Wouldn't that be. Well, anyway. Um, the bad news was when Moses was frustrated. I can't imagine. A parent being frustrated with, with children in the extended sense, not listening, rebelling, doing the exact opposite of what you tell them to do. The exact opposite. Well, he got frustrated, and you might remember the story. He goes up to the rock that was supposed to be a picture of Jesus, and he says, listen up, you rebels. Do we have to bring water out of this rock for you? Whack, whack. And water gushed out, and everybody drank, and they, yay, they stopped griping for 20 minutes, you know. This is water, why don't we have lemonade? That's how it, that's how it always went with that. And God says to Moses, oh, ouch, because you weren't faithful to honor me as holy. What did he mean? You were supposed to speak to the rock because that was a picture of Jesus. Jesus didn't get struck twice. He only got struck once. You weren't even supposed to strike him. I'm trying to do an eternal picture book for my people. I'm doing an eternal... Are you all following me? I'm creating here a story, an eternal picture book for all the children of God down through the ages till Jesus comes back for you to learn about me You need to do it right, and if you mess it up, I'm not happy, is what God is saying. So Moses is told, you've done a great job, you're awesome, but you just screwed up. You're not going to take the children of Israel into the promised land. How many of us think God's pretty mean for that? It's because we don't understand. His holiness, his glory, and Moses didn't say a peep. He did get to see the promised land before he died. Must have been a bittersweet thing, don't you think? I actually have walked through some of this personally, so I know how Moses felt. I don't want to get into that this morning. It's required of persons that they be stewards, that they be faithful, dependable. Your job, Moses, is to do everything in that tabernacle exactly the way I said This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the priesthood. No layman can approach the the altar. All of this was a picture for us to understand what a great privilege God has bestowed on us to be his inheritance and to all be called priests of God, not just a few people. Can you imagine? So Moses did it in his family and Jesus did it. In his family. Who's his family? His brothers and sisters. He had brothers and sisters. His mother, he took care of her. He was faithful. Passed her on to John. Said, take care of this. That's your new new mom. And John did that. But that's not his household that's being spoken about here. We're his household. And all the saints who've ever been are his household. And he was faithful in all his household. That was the work of Jesus on our behalf. What did he do? Consider what he did. He endured hostility from his own creation. How wingnut is that? That just seems so upside down to me. But he endured it so that you might not lose hope. And he did it so that the whole plan of God was fulfilled. If you're not aware of it today and you're sitting under the sound of my voice, Jesus died for whatever screw up you've ever done in your life. He died to rescue you. Into eternity. You can know him personally and find yourself there because we're all going to walk through death's door. And you can know God and be part of this family, this household that Jesus was faithful over. Be happy to talk with you about how to trust him and put your faith in him. So, faithfulness, you want to know the house rules? This is the biggie. To be faithful, not perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect in this room, but to be faithful is the theme. Sometimes faithfulness has been an excuse for not bearing fruit in our life. Oh, I've I've tried to be faithful, but we really need to ponder how that works for us, whether we're really doing well. I want to receive... Most of us have learned this language from our, our years of sitting under Bible teaching or whatever that we want to hear like Jesus taught... Well done, good and. See, you knew it. Well done, good and faithful servant. My call is to be faithful to him, to just do it. The house rule is faithfulness. Stick with it. Um, what was the word? Dependable. Dependable. That's a good word i'm not very dependable then ask god to help you be more dependable than you are you don't have to be perfect because if that was true i'd be in real trouble i was uh, thinking about the guy that said it i think any baseball fans in the room cal Ripken. anybody remember cal Ripken? baltimore orioles no comments on what team it is and any of that 2007 hall of fame inductee anybody know why 2,632 consecutive games without a miss. That's a lot of games. I am not particularly a baseball fan. I just like talking like this. No, I'm making a point. He has a book out, and it's called Just Show Up. 90% of the battle is just showing up. Up, Just do it Just show up Oh I didn't do a perfect, who cares Oh I missed the ball, who cares He was a shortstop, I'm sure he missed the ball A few times Just show up He gets inducted anyway And he's got some practical uh, You know, show up Mom and dad, get off the couch The kid's out of control Get off the couch, show up Dad needs to show up. Mom needs to show up. You get what I'm saying? I think you do. Jesus was faithful in all his household. And we need to learn how to be grateful for those little things that God gives us. (laughs) Because he is showing us mercies new every day as we sang about a few minutes ago. So that brings me to the last word, household. Household, yes, it can be your house. It can be your family. My family is all camping out at our house this weekend we're having a blast drinking coffee good stuff like that you know watching the kids jump off the stairs you know awesome really lots of fun but that's one dimension of the house look at this philippians four twenty two, all the saints greet you especially those of caesar's household was caesar a christian No, it's the people in his household, the expanded group. Slaves, servants, headmasters, relatives of Caesar, they're part of his household, his extended house. The Greek word is oikos, right? Oikos. And it's a word for a circle of community. My wife and I love the movie uh, Return to Me with a mini driver and uh, Duchovny, and uh, it's a heart transplant story, and it's a love story, and it's very sweet, and I can recommend it. It's one of the movies I can recommend. There are a couple of words. Get over it. Anyway, in there, there's a group of of, um, widowers, a group of widowers. They're all in community. They play cards. They talk about uh, who are the great singers, Sinatra. Nah, forget Sinatra, it's this guy, it's that guy. And they argue and they fuss and they sputter each. They love each other. They're just there for each other. And then they meet the new guy who just lost his wife. That's the transplant story. And as soon as they say, this is so-and-so, his wife is gone. And they all go, hey, and welcome him in. Totally like out of pain comes this Welcome of community It's kind of a neat little vignette in that story Then healing begins for him And for the woman he falls in love with There's something about the communities that we've been put in The word for house steward or steward is house manager Oikonomos, from which we get economy It's the same root, an economy It's an economic system There's a give and take among Persons who are connected in this household. Jesus was like Moses. He did it right. He managed the household. He was planning not just for them, but for the next generation. Jesus managed it right. He went to the cross on our behalf. He managed it all and modeled what Christianity was supposed to be for himself, for his disciples, and for the next generation all the way down to us 2,000 years later. In that economy, as a house manager, he did that. And that trust that was given to him can be, for us, a household like our family, kids, literally. It can be the circle of employees that I have. It can be uh, the connections I have because of wealth. It can be an authority issue. I have people that I connect with all over. Maybe it's my bowling team and I don't bowl anymore. It's a trust. There's a circle. And only you know which circles are the ones you need to consider being faithful to. Because you can't do everything. I already told you that. But there are circles that God puts us in that gives us opportunity to manifest faithfulness. Jesus was a faithful elder brother over his entire household. That's you. I remember hearing um, Tim Keller speaking out of the Prodigal God series from his book, which I highly recommend, The Prodigal God. I'm sorry, he said, if some of you have had terrible family situations. Fighting and tension between siblings, broken relationships with mothers and fathers. His context was simply this, I'm sorry you didn't have a good elder brother. Like the prodigal son story The young man comes back He gets restored And the older brother hates his guts for it And he basically says Keller says He wasn't a good elder brother I'm sorry that some of you Haven't had a good elder brother But You do You do You have a great elder brother Who loves you, who is for you, who is trying to bring you somewhere better than where you are. Don't ever give up on that idea. He is for you as difficult as it gets. So that brings me to this point in the message. How does this apply? I already told you about my wife's terror of the last few weeks having to speak, and I thought it's Mother's Day, so I'm going to steal her sermon to finish. How easy can it get, right? She did a great job, by the way, honey. Very nice. And uh, I'm going to use three things that she used. Actually, two things that she used. She loves a verse in Proverbs that says, A wise woman, this goes for men and women, by the way. There's no bigotry here or, or chauvinism. A wise woman or man builds their house. They build their house. A foolish one tears it down with their own hands. I've seen that Plenty ministering to people in the Church of Jesus over the years where we're trying to control things we can't control. We're trying to squeeze the life out of something or whatever it is. We're trying to make our kids live up to our dream or whatever it is. And uh, a wise man or woman builds his house, speaks life into what God is forming rather than tearing it down and resisting what's good. You can make the applications. How it applies. We all have oikases. We all have inner circles. It might be neighbors. It might be my co workers. It may be my family. It may be the church family. It may be the neighborhood that I'm in. Who knows what it might be where we rub shoulders and we make connections. It's been a great weekend. One thing that's great about having grandkids run all around, you get to meet all the neighbors who have kids. First times. I've been there nine months, eight months, and I've met my neighbors. It's like, yikes! And uh, how fun was that? We had a great time. Whatever that circle might be, that's what I'm asking you to think about. What is the house rule? The house rule is faithfulness. Not perfection, faithfulness. So my wife was talking about that particular uh, verse that says building rather than tearing down, building. And she used some illustrations. And one was from one of our ministries. People, and I think I may have shared this with you before, but for the sake of the newcomers, this will be a graphic illustration. I'm not here to put any kind of guilt on us. In fact, if I do anything this morning, I want to speak life and hope to you that Jesus is for you and there's better days coming. One way or the other, Either now or then, there's better days coming. Can I get an amen from at least one Christian in the room? Okay, you get what I'm saying? So I want this to be life speaking. But we had this family that would come to church, and and it was worship like this morning. By the way, you guys got me all wound up this morning, worshiping, all excited. What, are you excited about Jesus or something? You know, just cool it. No, don't. Please don't. I thought it was great. I was like, this is so much fun. Really? Can you imagine having fun in church? I told you my ADD would kick in. Okay. They're driving to church. The whole family, they're packed in the car. If my wife knows the exact names of the people, we're not going to tell any names. <laughs> there, it wasn't here. wasn't here. Driving to church. This is their weekly thing. Driving in church. Shut up! You be quiet! I'm going to wrap you in the head! They come into the parking lot... Mm. Stop the car, get out Hi, good morning, praise the Lord Yes, you. How are you today? Oh, we're great mm-hmm. You know why we're laughing so hard, right? And it gets better As soon as the pastor says amen They're out in the car yeah, but, you know, Boom, boom, boom And this brother comes to my wife. It must have been something I had preached. I don't know. And he just pours this out. And she lodged something right then and said, that's not happening in my house. I want to be faithful in my household so that my kids do not have an experience that says, I hate coming to church. I hate this God that they supposedly worship and smile like big fakes every Sunday or whatever. I don't want that in my home. And I got to tell you, honey, you succeeded. Thank you. Now, I wasn't the, you know, it's like the pastor showing off his wife. It reminds me of a pastor that pastored my cousin's church in California. His son was a baseball player. That's all they ever heard about illustrations about his son. So I didn't want it to sound like that, but she did a great job. She did a better job than I did, actually. I've learned from her. So, the second story. This is a different oikos. That's our family. Make a wider oikos. Um, this is relevant to us because we've had so many people in and out of the hospital. We have got nurses sitting in the room here, right? That's a whole oikos, isn't it? Isn't that circle that you know, whatever floor you're on, it's an oikos. It's an ecosystem. Years ago, I'm not going to give. The, I'm going to call him Barry. Barry was one of our long-term Christians. He was kind of a curmudgeon. He had to go in the hospital. Pastor John was a nice guy back then. He went to visit him. And, uh, no, I visit people. You didn't get that. That was a joke. Anyway, bad joke. Anyway, I went to visit him. And I'm praying over him for healing from the recover, get back out of the hospital. And he had pain in his life. And my wife was making the point that we're not downgrading or, or saying, making light of that. It's just hard stuff. It's just hard stuff. So he had some hard stuff in his life. But as I finished praying for him, the nurse came into the doorway and stopped dead. And her mouth kind of... And she said, are you a Christian? And he said, yes. And she looked at me. or She, she remembers that I don't. I would have never known that. Ow! Here's the good news. Barry decided to be faithful, and his behavior changed, started to change. See, there's always hope. I don't care how far in the corner you're stuck, there's always hope, because the God of heaven is the living God, and he's the God of hope. It doesn't get any more hopeless than being dead, and Jesus beat it. He came back from the grave. How hopeless can it get? So there is hope, amen? And then the last one, I'm going to just uh, dabble a little because some of you may know, I come from a broken home. My father was a very terrible person, and my mother uh, had to get away from him, mainly that we stayed alive, primarily. And um, so she was a single mom working in Manhattan. We're living with Grandma in Queens, and she faithfully went to work and went to work to raise me in spite of the opposition, you see, faithfulness is mostly just showing up. And I'm thankful that she did. And it's not that hard. If we'll show up, if we'll work to be faithful, we don't have to be perfect. We just want to do the right thing. And some of it's pretty obvious and right in front of our face. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us. A faithful elder brother over our family. The brother over his family. So cheer up. Take courage. Fear not. How many times does the Bible tell you that? Don't be afraid. Because what's our natural gravitational pull? I can't do this. I'm not going to make it. Yeah, you can. Because God is for us. So my last uh, few minutes here, I'd like you to take one minute in silence. In silence. And ponder. Notice in your notes... There's a spot there, right? Thoughts. Don't do what people do. What I'm about to say is I want you to ponder, what is the Spirit tweaking you and saying, I need to work some faithfulness into this part of my life. Listen carefully. Pick only one or two. I know how some of us are. I got 27 things. I'm so screwed up. I'm going to I have a sin list I give to people sometimes. that helps them identify areas and they, they get in. They go, I got everything on here. And I go, no, you don't. You just think you do. Don't do that. You know what happens every new year? People make resolutions. What's the big mistake? They don't, besides that, we know they don't keep them. <laughs> Why? They, they make too many, right? We can only handle one or two tight things. Don't go past two. One is better. Do too many, you give up, right? I can't, I dropped the ball over. Then you drop it all. Don't do that. I want you to reflect for one quiet minute. What is the one or second thing at the most that I need to push some faithfulness into? I know what mine is. I ain't telling you. It's physical. Just a minute quietly. If you have the Holy Spirit, you already know what it is, right? You already know what it is. Whoever's in the room says, Thank God I don't have anything to be more faithful about. I want you to see me after because you're the next elder in the church. Okay. Here's the good news, everybody. If you haven't written it down, do it, or make sure you don't forget about it. Let me just show you this wonderful verse. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. And that's talking about being found blameless before the throne in the end. So if he can do that, he can certainly help you in the here and now, right? Anybody here have trouble being faithful all the time? Twelve honest people. Guess what? The best part is he is always faithful. Always. And he's for you. That's good news. Amen. Let's pray together. I pray, God, that your saints this morning might be encouraged, whatever their status, whatever the difficulty, whatever hardship is in front of them, and we all have some. I pray, Father, for you to lift up their spirit, give us hope, and give us grace to trust you and just take two more steps forward into trustworthiness, dependability, faithfulness. Whatever it is you showed us to work on, you'll help us. Make it a great year for all of our moms and dads and everyone, singles, whoever we are, that it be a great year because of your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you got it.